0: Welcome to the United Reformed Church podcast,
1: a fortnightly series that explores the URC's focus on Christian discipleship mission
0: and what it means to be walking the way of Jesus today. So today in the United Reformed Church podcast, we're joined by Kate Gray, um, an active Christian in the United Reformed Church and also involved with Christian climate. Action and uh, Extinction Rebellion, and to talk to us today about activism and why Christians should be um, active on the issues that they care about the most.
1: Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a bit about some of the activism you've been involved with and why you got involved with them?
2: Mm, Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think, well, I've been a Christian for most of my life since my um, childhood and teenage upbringing in the church. And um, I think always part of that has been have been elements of what will this look like? What's the expression of this in this place? Um, And so I think uh, activism wasn't particularly an an add on or or something that's new or a shock to me, um, but something that was nurtured in my family. Um, and and supported, you know, thoughtful expression of our faith is is just common sense. Um, It's just part of the expectation of who we are. So when I began to explore more about um, what my faith would look like with other kinds of um, Christians across the UK, particularly in, in recent years, um I think my environmentalism if if that's what it was, or my care for creation or stewardship of the earth um I could see that some just there were lots of gaps in my life, uh lots of areas of hypocrisy uh, there still are uh and lots of ways in which um I thought if I'm able to do something or to say something or join with others um then then I want to think through why would I not do that um why would I what would hold me back from that what would be some of the barriers um either within myself or uh, other structural barriers um or institutional barriers um and so I began to explore I think it was after the 2019 Um, extinction rebellion rebellion uh in in london i began to i I was inspired by that i looked i watched i heard from uh, a few very small number of christians around who had been who had joined and been part of that and that looked like then a very large number of different kinds of people to me uh and something that i found inspiring it was a kind of march protest um and people setting up creative spaces so i so i then decided whenever there was an opportunity to to be part of that that i would go and join in that uh i wasn't a huge fan of necessarily travelling out of manchester down to london but um I wanted to be part of something more widely where Christians were joining with other kinds of people on something that many other people appeared in in government at that time and since to not to take seriously enough, in my view, uh, as a Christian around protection of the earth, care for creation. Um, I think that that's part of my obedience to to Christ so so I became part of that and then soon after found Christian Climate Action
1: one of the questions that we have is why the issues you campaign about are so important to you as a disciple of Jesus Hmm. yeah I I think I mean what issues have you campaigned about so far and why are they so important yeah I, I think I would.
2: Um, I'm comfortable with using the word activist for myself, but also, um, when I didn't use that word, I would just say, I'm a follower of Jesus and this is the outworking of that. Um, so it wasn't a really huge leap for me. Um, I, I, to, to be involved in, um, I think, It wasn't really issue-based or like single-issue politics or issue-based things or themes. Um, I suppose lots of the expression of my faith is about the interconnectedness of things. So although I've been part of, and I am part of, Christian Climate Action, I think my discipleship and the way in which I interpret the call of Jesus on my life is that um god's in the world so the holy spirit is alive and active and i if i'm looking if i'm praying if i'm trying to be alert and awake to god in the world around me then then people in in the church or local community or wherever wherever they are if they if there's something that is of struggle or a tension or a kind of conflict that's going on between how things are and how things should be, then I think it's imperative that that Christians become more informed about that and seek God's guidance with um, brothers and sisters in the church about the ways in which the church can respond with that collectively so that's in solidarity with other people so that's a bit about the process that I went through in order to discern and decide what will my um, discipleship look like now you know from 2019 2018 2019 2020 it looked very different so Going and joining in a walk or a march or a protest was one part of it, but I really mulled over and I explored with some trusted uh a trusted small group of people christians um i I wondered with them how far i suppose um how far will my expression of discipleship go? Um, so part of the tactics, I think, at the time of XR were about um, taking up space in police cells, about being arrested and taking up space in police cells in order to push through and, you know, to to jam and to busy that and to jam the system uh, and to overwhelm it and to can do to try to do that as part of a wider strategy, to do that continuously. Um, and uh, and that's part of a, the picture of being part of a social movement. It's inspired by Gandhi um, and all of the very um, interesting and for many people quite controversial things. Um, do we join in mass movements? What do we make of them? And so when I decided... Um, supposed when I when I was considering the ways in which I would be involved, I thought for me first it's about who and what is important in my life. And the the call to follow Jesus and what his values are, what they look like, was first rather than here's an issue, shall I jump on the bandwagon? It's not that kind of I'm not that kind of activist um and so the priorities were sort of set i think god's creation is being trashed uh i think i'm very very surprised that the the funding for example of new gas and oil projects is something that uh is seen to be good and wise and morally the right thing to do by government or or individuals in general, you know, in government, uh, I find that to be very troublesome with all of the weight of evidence of science and, and climate emergency kind of against that. Um, and so, what one of the small things that happened was um I just sat down in a road in the middle of London I I mean actually it didn't it didn't do a huge you know thing it wasn't a, a huge movement you know who am I I'm only one person what can I do you know that was sort of in my head around logic I am only a tiny dot of a speck of a person on this big planet what can I do and that sort of feeling of powerlessness um you know in the face of such um catastrophe enormity of of the weight of some of the things you know in the climate science um i but i it was it was as if it was a kind of um a prayerful compulsion um because even if i'm only a tiny dot why should i not join in and do all that i could possibly do to uh to try and raise the uh issue of ser- the seriousness of it you know with those in government so using very direct um democratic channels write to my mp send a postcard write all the letters arrange to go and visit um and i've done that in you know with our mp here locally, where I live in this part of Manchester, and where I work in another part of Manchester um they're not enough; they don't do the job uh and also the idea that a small group of people who are in power are going to um do something that will really affect the stability of their own power. I think that's we're just you know i I woke up to that. I think it's important to use democratic processes. And it's important to me to do things um, peaceably. But being and sitting in the road and stopping traffic was one small, tiny way where joining with several thousand others at that time, um, we were able to provoke a conversation um, to creatively for some short period of time, resist uh, around carbon and traffic and interrupt. Uh, I think that's important to me about some of the actions that I've taken. Um, It's not just business as usual. It's important to creatively find ways to, um, to disrupt people's everyday life, mine and other people's. And to to do that with care and prayer, but also in the knowledge that that will really wind people up. That is a real, you know, it's a hardship, it's a difficulty. So can there be truly peaceful um, civil obedience to Christ, civil disobedience protest? Um, I I wonder about that because there will always be uh, the oil and gas company the person in the SUV, there's somebody who has something very important that they need to be at, Um, you know, there's a variety of uh, uh, levels of, I suppose, importance, but um, there's never going to be full expression of peace within all of those situations, you know, peace as shalom, the fullness of God's creation, Um, you know, that Jewish concept. So, So I sat down in the road that was one thing. Then I wasn't arrested. I got up and then I walked along and sat down in another part, you know, of London. Um and I, I was joining with at that time people who were Christians and also people uh from, from churches and NGOs like Tear Fund, uh, etc., were prayerfully part of that in a way that they were able to be, um, Christian aid and, and Tear fund. Some people decided they would sit in the road and they would stay there. Some people decided they would uh, be at the side and they that they were not able or happy to be or wanted to be in a position to be arrested at that time. Um, and then being part of the faith bridge, uh, there were also then people who are Jewish, people who are Buddhist, people who are Muslim uh, and people who are Christian together. Um, and that felt like a real source of strength. Um, I... I'm also a, um, a clergy person, a church leader ordained in the United Reformed Church. And I was trying to think, should I look like and dress like an official clergy person? You know, in this. that <laughs>
1: idea to escape being arrested.
2: <laughs> well, I don't you don't escape it. Uh, I mean, you can get up and move to the side of the road and police give you several warnings. You can, you can do that you, usually on those protests many people are given multiple warnings
1: right yeah.
2: uh, and on this occasion that was the case for me um it wasn't the on um, um the the case for a variety of other people but it was for all of the faith bridge people at that time and then um and then later in the day there was something that uh, that really inspired me and that was that a group of young people had with a teacher um, or, or an adult actually I don't know if it was the teacher um, made a wooden uh, ark, Noah's ark, and um, that was being carried as part of the Christian climate action response. Uh, and this ark was really heavy. We were carrying different parts of it. There were also wooden animals to go with it. Um, and the police were not wild about that. It's very very large, and um, And, you know, a visual prop, something creative, something heavy, also something blocky, (laughs) Uh, you know, that wasn't a person. So we were carrying around um, and then later in the day, uh, thousands and thousands of people were protecting the Ark Um, and it was at that point, which was the third point in the day, that Uh, And it was just a little bit further along from the House of Commons at that time um, that many, many people decided to sit down in the road um, and to sing and to pray at that time. Um, And the decision, the combination and the decision around that, you know, people, some people read from the Bible. Some people spoke about stories um, that inspired them from the Bible. and. And it happened to be at that time that I was part of a front row. There were multiple front rows of people around, all around the city, uh, other actions. And so one police came, came individually towards us as a row. We were a row and they were a row. Uh, and we were connected together just hands and arms, uh, not by tubes and locks and locking on and gluing at that time. Uh, some Christians uh, did do that in different parts and um, so a police officer came to gather some information have some conversation with me um, and and then gave me a warning Uh, and I respectfully declined to comment on many aspects of the questions that he had for me um, since we had had lots of non-violent direct action training and preparation um, and were well aware of our rights we had solicitors telephone numbers with us all of those things are very uh necessary and if if someone's going to be involved in christian climate action or extinction rebellion or i would say a social movement that is um you know for christians about obedience to christ it's very important um i think not just to leap in but to consider things well to prepare not necessarily to hurry or rush Uh, you know you might think with your family what the consequences might be if you're arrested in your workplaces in your places of education in theological institutions Um, so you know there were lots of different conversations that I had had uh, with the local church where I'm church minister and they had uh, the elders and the congregation actively prayed for me supported me spoke out very clearly in support of me going as myself Uh, as a URC minister, um, as an elder and part of their elders' meeting, part of church meeting, on their behalf because they were not physically able to for mobility and health issues. Um, And and I also thought through, because I have other roles and responsibilities, and I'd also thought through with colleagues and family about what might happen if I was arrested. Uh, What might happen if I was arrested and convicted? What happens if that comes to court? Um, Is there money to pay if there are fines? Will I plead guilty or not guilty? And so there's lots of process that it isn't just a quick thing that happens and then it's done. Um, So that's a bit of the picture and a bit of some of the things that I did. Um, And then there have been some things, you know, subsequently. So I was arrested. Um, I pled guilty. Uh, it was during lockdown that there was a long wait of many, 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 many months um, when um, we needed to be either in court or have representation in court. So now that's on my DBS. Now I have a conviction um, uh, for obstruction of the highway. Uh and at the time, I was arrested for conspiracy. Conspiracy has uh, a lot more complex, a lot more very long-term things attached to it. Um, and it was never explained to me why that was. But I wondered if it was because I had a clerical collar on and I had a Christian Climate Action T-shirt on, although I don't think people could see that. And I wondered if it was... Because at the time, uh, we were not holding hands in one moment. And then when the police came towards us, then we were holding hands. If I had been seen to, with others at the same time, encourage in some way, holding hands. So that would be, um, you know, if that was, if the charges were pressed and upheld and evidence, you know, for that came to came to bear and be supported in court, Then that's uh, up to 10 years in prison, up to 10, 10 years in prison for holding and sitting in the road. How do you
1: feel now? Like you said, you've got, I didn't know so much preparation, um, or yeah, preparation went into being an activist. You mentioned considering, well... You mentioned thinking about con- the consequences, what happens if you are arrested, the impact on your job, etc. having solicitors numbers so that you're prepared to um, call and get the support and help you need should you find yourself in that situation. Um, I didn't realise all that thought went into it. Um, what happened, how do you feel now having a conviction on your on on your dps would you take similar action again
2: i think i would weigh up the situation differently uh well you know on its own merit if merit, you like yeah. each time yeah um so i i wouldn't say uh, i'm not fixed about what my activism what my expression of joining in with God's mission
1: okay. looks
2: like. You know, I think it it depends on the people, the context, the changing situation. So there have been lots of things about police powers bill since that have been um introduced and that have changed part of the protest landscape, um, part of people's uh response, democratic response, um, you know, is very much um unwelcome by government if it's not done in ways that they think is just perfectly fine then um you know the yeah the, the new bill um legislates for coming down much heavier on protesters Um and so there are a whole range of other people uh and other organizations movements now insulate britain just stop oil um and a whole range of other other organizations tr- um, trade unions lab- labor organizations um who are wanting and are are acting together in a variety of different ways to try to take seriously more seriously than than government is currently doing you know um Liz trust is not keen uh you know as a candidate and rishi sunak also as a candidate then they're, they're not keen they appear to have a kind of growth mantra um around fossil fuels rather than yeah. looking to act responsibly so the, i think preparation is essential yeah uh, and especially preparation that is for de-escalation and non-violence because when I'm in a situation of stress, uh, I'm under pressure, I can't think as easily and as reasonably, um, and I'm a parent. uh, So I, I think about, you know, when my children are winding me up and annoying me, how do I respond just with them? Can I be civil all the time? No, not always therefore if i'm then in a public role and a public place it's all the more uh incumbent it's all the more important for me to be um acting as responsibly and non-violently inwardly and outwardly as i can be even though i might be really nervous i might be feeling anxious about things or um unsure about what might happen next therefore doing um uh, non-violent direct action training is is really key, and yeah, and people, you know, there's lots of that. Extinction Rebellion run that. Christian Climate Action run that. Just Stop Oil run that. Run those. They're they're a bit different. All of them are you know a bit different in the ways that they look like. So for Christian Climate Action, we look at some of the um, biblical stories and people and examples of um, being countercultural, or what are some of the values that are in the Bible, you know, in the Hebrew Bible or in the um, the Jesus scriptures and how, what they um, encourage us to explore or to take up. Um, and I think. Uh, I found de-escalation training really helpful if there is uh, if there's a line of police or several lines of police and vans and if there are likely to be very very um angry uh, drivers for example of uh, you know from large organisations wanting to get oil and petrol to petrol stations around the UK what how do we respond to that to show care for the individual and respect for the individual in that moment and also not to um, to fuel a fire, not to wind somebody up by what I do or don't do, what I say or I don't say, and the way in which, you know, I come across, my body language, um, all of those kinds of things. So it's really key to yeah. have that self-awareness. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's important, actually, whatever kind of, discipleship what whatever kind of expression our discipleship takes it's important for us um to be self-aware to grow self-awareness and to be open to other people's feedback about what that is and the consequences of that you know in our work or families so I feel like um how do I feel about a conviction on my DBS um it's a consequence of what I think was necessary at the time um i don't want to give it more power over me than i think it should have yeah
0: absolutely it certainly sounds um like the type of action you're describing um it certainly works in terms of uh, raising awareness um and in some cases um perhaps pushing authorities more towards action they should take, I'm wondering though about people who perhaps say things like, Well, there are no real solutions to to climate uh, change. there are no real um ways forward and uh, we don't have the battery technology for example, to harness um the sustainable energy that we create. Um, we uh, have created all of these uh, sort of petrol cars and um, technology that is so rooted in oil and gas that we have no way of escaping that at the moment. Um, and there just seems to be a sense of hopelessness. I mean, within my own family, I experience that a lot when I try to speak of the importance of acting on climate change only to be met with um, with skepticism and anger um, and you've seen that firsthand on the streets no doubt with the people uh, around you as you've tried to to take action um, I'm wondering if there's more we can do as disciples of Jesus to support people in reaching a point where they feel that actually there is hope. We are able to take action or our authorities are able to do things that they're not doing. And therefore we too want to be part of that movement of making things happen rather than people who just get wound up and angry ab- about the protesters um, and the people who are taking action against this terrible thing that's destroying our world actually to vent that, that anger and that frustration into uh, to making a difference in this situation.
2: Mm, yeah i i find um my anger is something that is um a source of loving action um uh so i think that's a really helpful way to phrase it or to frame it to look at channeling or directing our powerlessness and our frustration um, to something that that might feel more constructive and hopeful um, I wonder about about the place of hope in it as a christian um, and I think there's all sorts of things that that have been written about about that but um, whether it will work and whether um, something will be successful isn't the isn't the reason I join in isn't the reason that I do something uh, I think there are very very uh, slim chances of us staying and remaining within 1.5 degrees I think largely that's unrealistic we look like you know it looks like we're heading for 3.7 uh, 3.8 Um, degree change you know it it's somewhere that's much more off the scale and so I think there is cause to face grief and to question what the presence of hope is and what's the place of um, what's therefore what can we do you know can we do anything but the reason to do it is because that I do it is because it's the right thing to do, even if there is imminent catastrophe. Uh, because I have children. There are generations, tiny now, already born, for which um, I cannot in all good conscience say, uh, you know, look at my children and, and their friends and say, I, I stood by, I did not speak. I did not act. I did what I could do. Uh, and I think part of my call around what, what does the obedience look like to Jesus, it's not this kind of blind obedience, I'll just do this and that's it. Um, but, but it is a strong sense of, I suppose, urgency, crisis, conviction that even if this doesn't work and even if it's not a success and even if we go over 1.5 and we head very much towards two three degree change in temperature um, I will know that I've done what I can do and I will have also strongly encouraged all Christians that I meet any time from any flavor any background any theology Uh, I don't get involved in conversations around climate denial anymore, I just think we haven't got time for that, Uh, so I just say, you know, I I just say that, you know, I I think we're short on time, so I'll use my energy differently, Um, but where people are wanting to join together and where people are wanting also to be inspired by what other people's lives look like now people are living with the reality of climate change in different parts of the world and here on our doorstep in the UK with 38 degrees you know going bonkers temperatures um people are able to I think or maybe it's not fair to generalize I'm able to find inspiration from um Christians and other people of faith and and people of faith in people uh that we are trying. I want that to be said of our generation. We tried, you know, we put pressure, we did you know, the question for me is, Am I doing all I can do? That's a no. I, I don't want to live in guilt and shame. I don't believe Jesus is really like that. He doesn't heap that on us, you know, that's um special human construct. So I I think psychologically, where would we rather be? With a band of people who are trying or with people resting on their laurels and trying to make things as comfortable as possible just for themselves and their own two point four. And and that's from I say that very much from a place of privilege because I have that choice, you know, I have flexibility and I know that I have support. Um, you know, from family and friends uh, and from the local church. From the wider church, I think there's a big question about what support looks like. What I would really love is, um, you know, how can we support people? Um, We could pay their fines. We could make statements. We could come and meet them outside the court. We could have a prayer vigil, um, you know, with, for example, Lambeth (laughs) is going on. You know, URC Christians could um, could go and be part of that and join with people who in the Church of England are not currently divesting and still have huge amounts of um, synods that have fossil fuel investments. So there are very much things that we can do that aren't arrestable, you know, if people feel anxious or concerned about that. Um, I think to be visible is very important to bear witness with other people um for the church to be countercultural uh in ways that it finds difficult that it's tricky um you know and that that does mean facing some of the URC structures um and I I have done that <laughs> you know I have no doubt I'm likely to continue to do that in future. Uh, you know, as a clergy person, um, it's very, very difficult. Uh, It's uh, being involved in civil obedience and obedience to Christ is not something that the church, URC institutionally, will come out and be actively supportive of, uh, as far as I'm aware. That is a huge disappointment to me. Huge. Um, Since... I understand that creatively and politically, there are lots of different things that we, um, you know, are barriers to some of that. But I think time is short in terms of climate crisis. Um, where do we want to be? You know, what what's the, how will we be accountable for our life? <laughs> um, and And I want people who are in other parts of the world to know that The church is willing to act in ways that are costly and sacrificial to us. You know, there are consequences to my having my DBS look like that, Um, you know, for work in future, for visas, for uh, other opportunities. So I really had to weigh those things up. If I'm going to be involved in those things again, there will continue to be consequences of that. Uh, And clergy are being actively discouraged in the United Reformed Church not to be involved in uh, being obedient to Christ that counters some of the state. Uh, And yet, in our statement of nature, faith and order, we say that uh, we are distinct from the state and that that's something that we uphold. So I think those things are controversial
0: indeed but you are right in our basis of union it does say that in matters of obedience to the lord jesus christ um uh, the uh, urc does uh, stand separately to the government of the state and stands in obedience to jesus christ and as you've said um it is important that any action that is taken is done in a considered way um that uh, we we think about what what is it that we're doing, why are we, what are we trying to achieve, who's going to benefit, who's going to suffer, Um, but in that prayerful consideration um, there is room to move and I I hope that more, um, including myself, um, will consider these issues carefully and the action um, that we can take, so thank you for all of that. Um, One question that we ask everyone who participates in the podcast is that the strapline of walking the way, the URC's focus on whole of life discipleship, is living the life of Jesus today. What does that mean to you?
2: Setting Jesus and his ways, his values, his life and the life broken free from deathly powers in in the midst of all of what I do in day-to-day life Um, and not not doing that uh, as an individual only you know being accountable is part of that being um, being alongside people acting in solidarity and collectively Uh, and being inspired and challenged by by the scriptures I think digging around in them, and I'm really interested in Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds pretty obvious, but maybe it isn't always obvious to everybody who looks on into the church. So I think continuing to to meet with Him, Jesus, you know, the Christ. Uh, I think my interpretation of him is that he he tried to stick as closely as possible with God, and for certainly for a period of time, and for many of his followers, that did not end well for him. Uh, and that tiny little, you know, a tiny little group of people was able to start a social movement is very inspiring to me. <laughs> Um, it's entirely possible that a weirdo bunch of people from a very long time ago in a far-off place can move and prompt Christians who feel you know a bit awkward anxious uncomfortable not sure how to live there's loads of resource in him to counter that